trying to continue to support organizations or things that don't support freedom, you know, is a death sentence for all of us. And, you know, like yourself, I've really tried to, to pay a great deal of attention of where my dollars go and intentionally spend them with people and or things that value freedom and value the American principles that, you know, this great country was built upon. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six- to seven-figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six- to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou, and boy, do we have an incredible guest lined up for you today. This gentleman is someone that I admire very greatly because, you know, I, I believe he and I are like brothers from another mother in this sense because we're both champions for freedom, free expression, and free enterprise. He's been one of the folks during the last couple of years of this crazy COVID madness who's actually had the guts, the balls to stand up and speak out for freedom. And for that reason, I'm excited to have him here. I'm speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Sal Frisella. Welcome to the show, Sal. <laughs> What's going on, brother? How are you? It's an honor to be here with you, my friend. Truly, uh, truly an honor. Honor to be here. It, uh, it, it's funny, you know, who would ever thought two years ago we'd, we'd still be dealing with this, huh? God, you said it, brother. You said it. It's um, it's craziness. Um, but we'll we'll get into that as we move forward. So, you know, a lot of folks obviously know who you are, know what you and your brother have created. But uh, there's also a lot of folks listening to the show who don't. And um, it'd be great if you just give us a bit of your backstory. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, first of all, you know, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, you know, I love. I love doing this. This is, you know, a passion of mine. And, and, uh, you know, my name is Sal Fursella. Uh, I am by title, which is kind of weird. I'm the president of first form. Uh, I always say I'm employee number one, uh, at first form. I was the first hire here. And, and, uh, more importantly, I'm a father, I'm a husband. I have three beautiful children, uh, a son who is five. I have identical girls. My, I call them my payback twins, uh, that are four years old. So I had three kids within 14 months. Uh, while trying to build a business, you know, and, and uh, so, uh, you know, I would say I'm an, ex I'm an experienced rodeo cowboy in, in the uh, game of life. Uh, and, and if you know me well enough, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, I like a great story. I love an unbelievable journey. Uh, when I come to a T in the road and there's two options, I want to take the, 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 the more firm path because I, I realize that the stories are a little better. The context is a little deeper and uh, the experience is, is a little bit more uh, educational. And so, you know, I, I'm a regular guy uh, who has high expectations. And, you know, I, I try to live life to the fullest, at least to the, to, to the potential that God gave me. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd love to tell you that I'm some genius, but the truth of the matter is I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm just a regular ass dude, man. Well, you know, um, they say that genius comes from being able to tell the truth to yourself first and ten, then to the people that you care about and then to the world at large. So yeah. on, on that note, you're a genius, my friend. Appreciate that. 
So Sal, I understand you played baseball. You were actually a pretty good baseball player back in the day. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah. So I, I mean, not good enough. Right. I, I was, I was, I was good enough to have a, a hell of a, a hell of a journey and a lot and a, and a lot of great stories. Kind of like my little intro there. Uh, I was fortunate enough. Uh, I played division one college baseball. Um, if you're a baseball fan, I had the fortunate, great fortune of playing in the Cape Cod league. I played in, in a, a great summer in the Cape. Uh, I was drafted by the Cardinal organization. So I played a little bit of professional baseball. Um, I've been in every shithole town uh, across the country, which worked to my advantage, you know, whenever we were starting first form, I had a great deal of experience in, in tapping into some of these small towns and, and I've already been there and understood them. Um, that chapter ended, you know, the baseball, the baseball, the love of the game, um, you know, ended and, and my, my, my path took a different route. And, uh, you know, I, I love the game. I, I truly am a baseball fan. I don't, watch a lot of baseball anymore. Just, um, you know, when politics start bleeding into sports, it's just not my thing, but I, I do love the sport of baseball just because of the, uh, there's so many games within the game that most people don't understand. And, you know, the common thing is like people, I don't want to watch baseball. It's too slow. And it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's like, you know, most things you don't enjoy something because there's not an understanding of it. And, and I, I, I truly love the game of baseball and I do miss it. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I've done my best to try to recreate what I missed most about it, which is, you know, I was always a locker room guy. I love being on the road with my guys. I love the funny times. I love, I love comfortable situations. And, you know, we've done a really good job of having a great culture here with trying to recreate that locker room sense and, and, you know, really just sense of community and, and, you know, life on the road. Right. So I missed a lot about it, but we tried to recreate most of it so we could have a good time. I think that's fantastic, man. Um, I'm with you with politics and sports. Pretty much the only uh, sport right now that seems to be free of politics is UFC. So they get my money. Uh, <laughs> pretty much everybody else doesn't, you know. Um, and I, I never was much of a UFC fan. I mean, I mean, I thought it was cool and all, but I never gave him my money. I never went to see uh, any pay-per-views or anything like that. But uh, when Dana White spoke at the Republican National Committee, uh, and, and he basically talked about love of country. He talked about the value of freedom and he, he wasn't giving us any of that woke garbage. It just, for me, it was really easy to make a decision to say, I'm going to give my money to the UFC. And I, I think, you know, when, as a society, when we wake up, you know, people should really vote with their dollars. And I think that's an impactful thing, you know, you know, trying to continue to support, uh, organizations or things that don't support freedom, you know, is a death sentence for all of us. And, you know, like yourself, I've really tried to, to, to uh, pay a great deal of attention of where my dollars go and intentionally spend them with people uh, and or things that value freedom and value the American principles that, you know, this great country was built upon. I, I, you know, I from a leadership standpoint, you know, we try to do a great job uh, of instilling those values in our culture here at First Form, you know, by creating jobs, um, by making sure that we we don't replace humans with robots. Uh, you know, we we give people an opportunity to create a career. We give people an opportunity uh, to you know have some pride in their workplace. You know, we we every day at ten o'clock we play the national anthem. Um, you know, and I think you know when you you look at the future, you know, if we continue to create, and I, I'm all about a global economy, but uh, I am also about making sure that we take care of ourselves first uh, and Sorry. making sure, that we, you know, we create jobs first. And so, you know, sports is, is really no different. You know, when you start to try to, you know, 
when, when you try to please everyone, you please no one. And I think that's where, you know, we have to get very clear as Americans first is like, we need to make sure, you know, cause it's not cool to be narcissistic, but I, I make an argument, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, well, uh, your, your, your family doesn't do well. And, you know, the same can be said for country. If we don't care, take care of our country first, it's going to be really hard to be a citizen upon, amongst that great country. And so, you know, I, 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 I am with you, you know, I have, we, we, uh, we had a sponsorship sponsorship package with, uh, the St. Louis blues, one of our, our local teams. And, you know, we, we decided to pull that sponsorship package, which was, you know, approximately half a million dollars in our season tickets, the whole deal. And, and I'm not getting down with it. I'm not playing the, you know, who, you know, well, you only get to come if you're vaccinated, not vaccinated, you get to do this. If, you know, if you meet these particular requirements, you know, we're going back to the 1960s. I'm not doing that, you know, and, and Amen. I'm going to support freedom. I'm going to try to my dollar, try to put my dollars where freedom uh, exists. I'm going to try to create an environment in which uh, freedom thrives and individuality and, 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 you know, love of where I'm a, I'm a faithful man. So uh, love of God and country first. And Amen. we're going to create that environment. Like for my people here, I, I don't, I don't care if they're vaccinated or unvaccinated. That's not my business. You know, it's, it's much like, I don't care if somebody's gay or straight or black or white or pink or purple. And I don't, or I don't care which God they pray to. What I do care is that they're people of character. And, you know, I think if we were more worried about the, the character of the human uh, versus the, you know, the, the actions that we're trying to manipulate them into taking, we'd probably be better off as a society, but uh, somewhere along that ride, we, we, we downplayed the character, the importance of character. And it's reflecting, I mean, look at crime, look at, you know, Look at unemployment. You know, there's plenty of jobs. There's plenty of job opportunities right now. It's, you know, when the government pays you to sit on your ass, there's no, there's no pride of, of self-worth. There's no pride of work ethic. There's no, uh, there, there, there's no pride in somebody trying to go earn a dollar. So, you know, listen, I mean, sports has played a role and, and it's actually, it's sad because it's, uh, I'm a college athlete and I was a professional athlete and I find a great deal of of entertainment through sports. I haven't been to a football game in a couple of years. I haven't been to a hockey game in a couple of years. I haven't been to a baseball game in a couple of years. And uh, until they get their head out of their ass, I'm not going to go back and give my money. That's just the way it is. Good man. Good man. Um, so I, uh, I sent a couple of copies of these books for you and Grace. I don't know if you got this, but um, awesome. So this book was written because we were sick and tired, myself and Wayne Allen Root, of what a lot of these corporations were doing. We just we just said, screw it. We're going to write a book. So there's going to be a second book coming out for, you know, corporations that are pro-America and pro-freedom value. So we're going to first form will definitely be on that list, my friend. But I'll tell you something. It, it's we wrote this because we want people to start voting with their dollars, man. And the, the, the sooner people start doing that, the sooner more people vote with their dollars, the better. I I got to tell you, my my own personal belief is. I'd like to see Twitter cease to exist. I'd like to see everyone who believes in America's values stop being on Twitter. I'd just like to see that organization just be ground into the dust. And then after it happens to one of them, then we pick a second corporation and we get everybody around them. And we start to grind them into dust. And then I think these guys are gonna start getting scared because the reason they're doing this is they're afraid of the left, right? That's why they're following all these crazy woke policies. They got to start being as afraid of regular freedom-loving Americans as they are of the left. In fact, I want them to be more afraid of regular freedom-loving Americans because they're the ones who've got the money. And if they take their money away, these corporations aren't going to last, right? It's certainly a catch-22 
regards to, um, you know, social media is where the eyeballs are right now, right? So, um, you know, it's tricky because I agree with you. Um, you know, Jack Dorsey, owner of Twitter, a St. Louis guy, doesn't do much for our city. So I'm actually, I don't even have a Twitter account. Um, you know, but I, I look at, you know, you look at social platforms where all the eyeballs are. So as a corporation, it's very hard to pull out of a social platform because that's where your dollars are being spent or generate where your revenue is being generated. So as a, you know, as a capitalist, right. Um, you know, it's, it's, how do you, how do you still perform without being exposed to the people? So there's a very slippery slope inside of that, you know, inside of the angle that in which you present, I think from a fundamental standpoint, you know, I think the world would get, would be much better off if it, if it uh, was without social, you know, going back to the, to the human interaction and, and, you know, how we were designed as humans to, you know, coexist. I think, you know, when you start thinking about metaverse and people living in, you know, in, 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 uh, in a fake world, which is what I ultimately, you know, personally think they want and they're trying to achieve, uh, because that's an environment where people don't have to go to work. They can be anything they want to be without having to necessarily do the work. They can play the game, not actually go out and, and earn what it is. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's a, there's just a slippery slope there, and, and it, that's a t- it's a tough, tough, tough situation because, you know, what's more important, you know, me me boycotting the platform or me creating? I've, we have almost twelve thousand employees. Which one's more important? And Obviously, your employees are more important. Obviously, your business is more important. There's no question. But but you know, at some at some stage, you gotta you gotta pick and choose your battles too. I think because if you don't. Um, you know, at some point, these 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 folks are going to take away everything that matters, everything that makes human beings, you, you know, worthy and capable, and and that's the desire to be free. Inside every human heart beats the desire to be free, and we cannot allow them to take that away from us because if we do, we're screwed. Abraham Lincoln said, "America is the last best hope for mankind," and I think he said it very very well. And people like you and your brother and the folks that work at your organization, you guys, I listen to your podcast. Honestly, your business advice is great and all that stuff. But I listen to your podcast to get inspired on the days where I've been beat up too much by the left. You know what I mean? I I just sit down there and I listen to you and I listen to Andy talk about how freedom matters and how everybody needs to stand up for it. And on the days I'm feeling crappy, I go, yeah, that's right. Thanks, Sal. Thanks, Andy. And then I get back to my day. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, of course, you you playing that role is extremely important. And I, and I think really, if we were going to, you know, if we were going to didact, you know, the importance of social media, you know, social media allows us to have a voice as well, you know, and, and it allowed us to be able to connect in this regard. And so, you know, for the old adage, right, squeaky wheel gets the oil. And, you know, the left is extremely squeaky. That's just, that's who they are. That's how they are. And that's how they will continue to be. And we've given them a platform to, to even be louder. And I think, you know, my brother says this really well, and he does a, you know, he's done a great job. You know, this stops when we say it stops. Like when we decide you have, you've had no more, um, you know, you've had no more. And I, and I, you know, I'm very much a person of, I'm a put my head down and, and move guy. Like I, I am, um, I'm a little, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm under the radar. You know, I'm just saying hey, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm trying to be a man of action. Um, and, you know, we talk about spending with dollars and making this thing. All right, cool. My kids, you know, where my kids go to school, they want to play this mask, you know, in and out game. I'm not doing it. I won't, I won't do it. So we're moving our kids, 
you know, like the city of St. Louis, it's, you know, mainly liberal and in, in, in the, in the parts and they're playing the whole mass games. I'm moving out. I'm getting out. Like I'm taking it say, Hey, listen, all right. I have to worry about what I can control. I have to focus on the things that I can matter. Okay. So I'm going to go create an environment in which I can live the life that I want to live. You know, I can be free as the way I want to be free and, and raise my family uh, how I want to show them not to hide from things, but to address them head on. Like I don't, I don't not walk in my kids' school. I walk right in there with no mask on and make it uncomfortable. And I'm cool, you know, and, and I don't, I don't get mean. I don't get violent. I don't get, um, I'm not rude. Just matter of fact, I'm very direct. Um, and you know, speaking of your true statement earlier, one thing you learned about me is like, whether you like it or not, I'm going to tell you how I feel. And, and I'm okay with that because I don't do it in an aggressive manner that makes somebody else uncomfortable. I do it in a confident manner that tells you, Hey, this is where I stand and I'm not budging. And I think if, if I could give that gift to more humans, that's what I wish I could give somebody is the confidence to be able to stand up for what your heart tells you and for what your gut tells you how to feel. Because I've learned that, I mean, even, you know, like this is a great, this is a great litmus test, you know, in the city of St. Louis, they say, take your mask off. Well, you walk into Starbucks the next day, everybody's got their mask off. Well, two days later, they say, put your mask back on. Everybody's got their mask back on. And I think, you know, we're, we're two years in at this point. Like, we're, you should be smart enough to recognize, like, hey, there's some funny business going on. And we're too tolerant as a society um, for everybody else's emotions and, and feelings. And I think, you know, if you, if you know or feel in your gut you know, that something's wrong. I think you should learn to trust that, have the confidence in standing for it. You know, like I've had plenty of arguments at Starbucks in the last two years, I'm still not putting a mask on. It's just not way it's not going to happen. I'll drive through the drive. You want me to drive through the driveway? I'll drive through the drive. You know, but it's like one of those things where a lot of people just to avoid the conflict or the uncertainty or the uncomfortableness, they're going to play by the rules. And I think if we, if they continue to bend the rules, meaning they, the government continues to change the rules and move the rules so that we can accommodate everybody and you continue to, 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 to go with them, we're going to continue to lose freedom inch by inch by inch mm. by inch. And, you know, uh, one step, one foot in front of the other adds up to be a, a, you know, a long journey pretty quick. And if we don't stop that dead in its tracks, you know, we're going to end up a lot, on a whole different trajectory than we are right now. Yeah. Amen. Sal. Well said. Well said. Um, I know you're good friends with my buddy, Larry Hagner, who runs Dad Edge. And I'm a big fan of what Larry's doing, because I think we, we're living in a time um, that men and masculinity aren't valued the way they used to be. And I wanted to just get some of your thoughts around what you believe we as a society and we as men can and ought to be doing in order to have men and masculinity and fatherhood be honored once again in our society. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, something, something that's important to me and I tell my staff this all the time and, it, and it's extremely important to me as, as a human. Um, you know, I, I always want to build, I want to build people of character. Okay. And what I've learned is in order to be a, to build people of character, you must first be a person of character. And we have a set of core values here at headquarters that we live by. And I, I tell um, my guys and girls all the time, you know, that my job, my sole purpose, I, and I firmly believe this on earth, is to build a community so strong um, 
to build a community that's that's so rooted in substance uh, and the foundation is is unshakable from good people uh, and that I've impacted that I've done my best to help grow their careers or change their lives uh, or give them the good advice that when I die that that community will take care of my children and you can only create that sense of loyalty by by adding so much value to one's life where they feel an obligation to, to do that for for someone, especially someone's children. And I, I've shared this story before on a, on a few podcasts, but, um, you know, one time I was in Home Depot and my, my dad's a gangster. Uh, just the, he's a guy's guy to the core. He's a man of his word. He says, hey, this is what's going to get done. It's going to get done. That's how we raised. You know, we do hundreds of millions of dollars of business on handshakes. People say we're idiots, but that's how I enter and I roll. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that my dad taught us to operate that way. And I was in Home Depot one time and I had my son and guy walked up to me and said, Hey, are you Sal? I said, I, yes, sir. I am. And, and, uh, he said, Hey, I just want to introduce you. You know, he said his name and you know, your daddy loaned me some money, you know, back in 1975, put me in business. You know, I got a, I got a hundred employees now and, you know, and, and it's all because your dad took a gamble on me and, and helped me do what I, what I could. And that, that conversation meant so much to me. Yeah. Uh, that it, and I just had my son, you know, that I thought to myself, and I was doing a good job at life. I, I, I've always been, I'd like to think I've always been a very good friend. I've, I've been a, a strong leader, um, you know, not perfect by any means, but a strong leader. And I think that conversation really changed the trajectory of how I kind of thought of life. And, you know, since then, I've really tried to embody what it is and the stories that will be told to my children when I'm not here, Right. The, the, le- the true legacy that will be built when I'm gone. And the only way I know how to do that is to be a, a man of character. You know, I'm not like a, you know, some people I think get this confused. You know, I'm not, I mean, do I support the 2A? Of course, I got a safe right here. It's got, I got more guns and ammo than you, I mean, you could possibly know what to do with, you know, I'm, I'm ready in case anybody else goes, I'm ready too. I have guns in every room. I don't hunt. I don't hunt. I'm not like a, you know, I'm not a commando. I'm not going to jump out of the tree and take somebody's scalp. That's not, I'm not, I don't define that as being a man. I, I think being a man is uh, being a human of virtue. Um, you know, being a person who leads by example, being somebody who can express uh, humility, um, you know, understanding that, you know, I'm not perfect and I have to grow as well. If I'm going to ask my employees, you know, so I should always be learning. Uh, and these are our core values, you know, and when you think about that, like, you know, being a man of character is somebody who, who can build, you know, fun and positive relationships, um, you know, being a man of character who believes, you know, in the betterment of society, believes in, in themselves, believes in others. Uh, I believe in the good in the world. I truly do. And as much shit that's happening right now, upside down and people are going crazy, you know, I try to find and, and, and see the good. Uh, in in the world because there's a lot there and I think unfortunately as humans we're designed to find the negative however you know if you look around man the sun's shining and you start thinking about it my kids are healthy um, you know and 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 God is good and I start thinking about these things okay so you know in order for me to leave that impact um, I have to be a person who lives by those those care those core values um, and and by definition at least our definition a man of character and I think in order to be a man, um, you, you must have a foundation like that that's unshakable. You know, and I don't, 
I don't waver on those core values. They're not things that I just live by, you know, when I'm here at work. Um, those are things that are ingrained in my DNA and in my blood, something that I, you know, that I really cherish and want to pass on to my children. Um, and so when you talk about, you know, being a man or being a dad, I think for me, it's more about the legacy that I live and the character that was rooted in the stories that will be told about me. That's most important. So, you know, I look at those things as, you know, you know, a few examples, you know, like do what you say you're going to do, you know, show up, you know, don't just show up uh, for yourself, show up for the team, but sometimes you got to show up for the team in order to show up for yourself. And, and I think, you know, when you start looking at some of these small things that, uh, you know, as guys or men, you know, we, we lock on ourselves, take care of yourself. You know, nobody, nobody respects a big sloppy guy. Like it's just not, there's, there's a, there's a man instinct there. It's like, there's not a respect. Um, you know, there's a respect, uh, you know, from the standpoint of I'm not too good to do it. Any job in this building, I'll still sweep the floor. Hell, I was running a jackhammer with my guys this morning. Like, I, I'm not too good for that. It's not past my duties. I got no problem answering a customer service email. There's not a question in this building that I don't know about a product, about a service uh, or about a process. And the reason I do that is because I want my guys, no matter where they're at, whether a $15 an hour guy or, you know, a $500,000 a year guy, like I'm next to you. I understand it. I'm willing to help you. I'm part of you. And my job here as, as one of your team members is to, is to help you solve those problems. And I think, you know, when you start looking at and yes, for something, you know, and if you don't stand for anything, you live a life that's not of value. Uh, you waver. I don't waver. And, um, you know, I know exactly who I am, I know exactly what I stand for. And if I don't go with the popular opinion, I go with what's right. And, and I don't choose what's right by my opinion. I choose what's right by the team. I choose what's right by the family. I choose what's right by society. And I think you have to be selfless in that sense of being a manager to understand the difference between right and wrong and don't waver. So that was a long ass winded roundabout answer to get you where you wanted to go there. But hopefully I landed the plane. Oh, you did. You did. It was great. Um, you know, you, you, you talk a lot about character. And one of my favorite quotes of all time is from Martin Luther King, where he said that one day, I hope to live in a society where my son will be judged not by the color of his skin, but by the content of his character. And and right. you know, I'm a Christian from the Middle East. I'm from Iran. You know, we we escaped after the Islamic Revolution and came to the West. And I got to tell you, for 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 me, that man and what he had to say was very very powerful. It, it, it's been with me since I was a little kid, and. I'm just heartened to hear you talk about character and how important it is to build character because character is everything without character. You got nothing. And without character, you know, our society will end up being nothing. We've got to teach our kids what character is. We've got to teach our kids how to live uh, as a, as a person of character. And that's, that's the way we're going to, we're going to win and keep freedom alive. Cause if we don't do that, we won't, we'll, we'll, we'll fail. You know, Ronald Reagan said, said it like this. He said that freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It doesn't get passed in the bloodstream. It's gotta be fought for. It's gotta be nurtured and it, it's gotta be cherished. And I just thought that was very, very true. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, you know, to, to 
reiterate you know, your statement, you, know, you think about society today, just in you know, Martin Luther King's words, you know, we're placing our values in the wrong areas. You know, in, when you know, that man's talking about, you know, not placing you on the color of skin and society now, that they want you to place it on the color of skin. And, and then they're saying that they want you to place it on sexual orientation or they want you to place it on gender. And, and I always tell people, I don't care if you're black, white, pink, purple, gay, or straight. I care that you're a good human and I don't give a shit about anything else, you know? And so, you know, when we, as a society start understanding that, like I, I, I always use, so when I, you know, I speak and talk and I got to, you know, whatever, Andrew and I, you know, we're fortunate enough to be able to do this. Um, you know, I always tell people good litmus test, good litmus test on somebody like this is, you know, I don't care what type of car you drive. I care how you take care of the car. It's two totally different things. You know, everybody gets all hung up. Well, I drive, well, how do you take care of it? You know, and, and I always say, hey, my first house, I can tell you the address, 10592 Roxana Drive. Wasn't the biggest house on the block. But I was going to have the prettiest house on the block. And I was going to do the best I could to make sure that the lawn, you know, that the lawn was taken care of, that it was it was orderly, it was represented well, that I was making sure that I was doing the best with what I have. And I think, you know, when you start looking and and really drilling down into that statement you know, finding the best and doing the best that we can, uh, we'll find the best versions of ourselves. And then I, you could take that one step further. And, you know, for me, I think definition of success is, you know, living out one's maximum potential, your fullest potential. You and I have different potential levels and you and I have different skill sets. But if I'm going in and doing the best that I can to be a contributing member to society, to be a good father, to be a good leader, to be a good teammate, to be a good husband, life will work itself out. I shouldn't get any uh, pluses or minuses on any, anything other than that, the scorecard. And, you know, society right now, they want you to get, you know, a different viewpoint on color, age, race, gender, all these different things. And the truth of the matter is, is that's, not what, that's not what counts. What counts is what, how you do with what you have and making sure that you make the most of the opportunity. And, you know, like I said, you're, you know, you're, you're uh, Iranian you know, my, well, I have a stepbrother who's not really my stepbrother, you know, Reza and Bob, we call him Bob, even though his name's Reza. <laughs> and, you know, I've heard, you know, Bob's been called every name under the, uh, under the book over the last 20 years. One of the best guys I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, let all those names bug him and bother him. Uh, he wouldn't be where he's at, but he's kicking ass. He's taking names. He understands that that has nothing to do with his outcome. I've watched him do it over the last 40 years of my life. And I respect the shit out of him too. And I think when you go back to that, yeah. there's a respect factor. So you and I are beating on the same drum. Yeah, brother. I mean, uh, it's cool that you've got a, a good friend from Iran. That that as an Iranian makes me very proud, you know, that 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 men like that are in the circles of the people that I admire. So I think that's a fantastic thing, man. Kudos. He's a fiery son of a bitch, though. Are you fiery? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Probably a little too much sometimes. Oh, he's quick. Nick, he's quick, man. It, Bob's one of those guys, like, he'll get down. If you got to get down, he's getting down fast. <laughs> yes. Yes. We, uh, it's one of our greatest strengths as Persians is we got a lot of fire. And it's one of our greatest weaknesses is that we got a lot of fire. We got to, we got to watch when we let the fire come out. Because sometimes I the Persian women, too. I mean, his sisters are fiery as hell. So, I mean, yeah. no, oh, God. Yeah. I don't know if you're married to a Persian woman or not, but no, I'm, I'm, um, 
my uh, fiance is uh you know she's a white bread german german background oh. girl blonde uh fantastic you know like my fire and her ice we work well together it's good <laughs> <laughs> uh she's uh she's pretty intense man she set three my, my girl set three guinness world records for running on a treadmill the first one in her mid 40s three times 12 hours on a treadmill it's insane man that's a, i got i'm i'm longest on a treadmill is a little over three hours and i I thought I was going to go insane after about three hours. <laughs> first time she did it, I did the first hour and 15 minutes with her. And I said, I need you on your own. Love you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. I'm going to cheer you on. Me, no, I'm no. into sprinting, brother. I like that a lot better. That's more my kind of thing in this 12-hour business, man. It's crazy. I don't, need, I don't need to know about your sexual life, bro. We're good. <laughs> yeah, we call her the girly David Goggins. You know what I mean? Because, you know, Goggins likes doing all those crazy long-ass races. That's her thing too. You know, it's funny is, you know, having, you know, I've had the great fortune of being able to meet a lot of cool guys. And, you know, a lot of times like they're one guy over here and then there's another guy, you know, on the screen and they, 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 they go into character. Yeah. That guy is the same guy over <laughs> here is right here. And it's really funny because, you know, we, we get along really well. And uh-huh. uh, it's funny, you know, cause you, I, I just expect the guys coming out of character but when he when he talks to you, kind of like you know he's fiery like that. But he's he's almost like yelling at you. And I'm like, David, you don't have to yell at me. Like I'm good, you know. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just I'm, I'm animated, you know. That's how I talk. That's yeah, yeah. so. He's awesome, man. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. great. I I like I like him. I like what he's all about. I like when he's like giving you a, a lesson, and then he's doing like you know clap push-ups while he's giving you the lesson. I'm going, damn, how the hell can you keep your mind going? And do that at the same time. Like, that's that's just crazy. That guy's got something going on there, which is awesome. Yeah, he, yeah he's there. Stay hard, motherfucker. Yeah, that's it. Stay hard. That's his thing, yeah. No. So, um, Sal, you know, we're in a time right now in society where there's a lot of craziness going on. And I know you and Andy talk a lot about this on your show. Um, and I, I would really just love to have a, kind of like a one-on-one conversation with you now about what your thoughts are on what's going on, what we need to do as freedom lovers in order to turn things around and make sure that freedom continues to survive. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, everybody waits for everybody else to solve their problems. And I think that that is a society. We have a huge, we have a huge issue. And, and, you know, unfortunately being uncomfortable, um, you know, is not something that people like to do. And usually it's just by saying the simple word, no. And I think, you know, the word no gives people the EBGBs, no matter what they do. I'm not doing it. No, no. And, you know, as a society, if we're going to fix the problem that we're dealing with, we have to stop tolerating what it is that they're asking us to do. And, and, you know, asking, asking people to be compliant on something that they don't believe in, you know, you're going to have to learn to stand your ground. You're going to have to learn to say the word no. And I think, you know, we don't fix what we have going on in regards to, you got to think about, you know, these, the, the politicians that are on the board, um, you know, for the most part, not all, but most. These people have taken these positions. They're not capitalists. Most of these people are great business people. They are, they are 
and have been, and you look at any great society over time, you know, the republics ruin themselves by government. And, you know, you look at these government officials and it's because they're handout driven. You know, we've created a society that these people can make hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars in, you know, in, in these, you know, in these, in these seats and in, in the house, you know, by taking handouts and, you know, tilting the vote and they're creating downstream effects for us as a society. And, and we have to, as as a unit, learn the word no. And everybody wants everybody else to say no, but they don't want to say no themselves. And what you realize is, is, you know, and I've done this by walking into Starbucks or the grocery store or whatever. If you walk in with no mask on and you're the first guy, well, the guy next to you, he'll, he'll lower his down and he takes his off, you know, and, and then so on and so forth. And if you have start having conversations, you know, whether it's in your local schools, whether it's in societies, you know, you have to start finding people who are willing to stand for the same values that you are. Going back to the beginning of the conversation, you have to find and support organizations that are willing to stand for freedom. And I think therein lies like one of the biggest components that we have. You know, in the last two years, we've lost, you know, 40% of all small businesses, you know, a lot of them being restaurants. You know, we as a society have to get out and support the restaurants that are supporting freedom. And those, those voices will be felt by the way of the dollar, the dollar has to support how that, how that, how the economy, you know, stands and survives. And, and, you know, these, these, all of these businesses that went out of, they, that went out of business were businesses that complied with state and local governments. All of the restaurants that are thriving right now are the ones that said, no, that, you know, Hey, listen, I'm not going to play the police. And, and at least here in St. Louis, those, those people, the freedom seekers, We'll find those restaurants and we'll support those restaurants based on the simple principle that they supporting the individual freedoms that we have as Americans, values that keeping those businesses and finding those businesses. And I can tell you, those businesses are not Amazon. Those businesses are not the, the internet. Those businesses are the people down the street who pay their bills, your neighbor, off of local e-commerce or local commerce. You know, a lot of times people will say, well, well you guys are an e-commerce business. You're right. We're an e-commerce business that supports, you know, job creation. We're an e-commerce business that supports freedom and values and making sure that we stand for what, you know, our forefathers designed this country to be, you know, the land of opportunity, but making sure that we take care of our neighbors, making sure we take care of our brothers and sisters. And we have to do that if, if freedom is of the most importance to you, which I think it should be, it should be at the forefront of your values. Uh, you should support those restaurants and businesses that stand for freedom. And that doesn't mean pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. That means freedom, freedom to choose one way or the other. And I think a lot of times, you know, you know some of the, you know, I'll call them the anti-vaxxers. The anti-vaxxers, you know, give everybody on this side a bad name. The pro-vaxxers give everybody on that side. The majority of us sit in the middle. Like, hey, it's not my job to make your health decisions. That's not my job. No, my job is to make sure that I give you my best expert advice in helping you change your life with diet, exercise, and, and supplementation. That's my job. My job is not to choose whether you're gay or straight. My job is to help you change your life through fitness and exercise. My job is not to choose anything that you do in your home life. You know, my job is to do what I do best in your job and, and to meet you halfway in supporting that. And, and when you start understanding our role as individuals to make sure that we're supporting the people who support the values that we have, we're stronger together as a unit than we are as individuals. But Remember, the team is made up of strong individuals. So the word no, you have to learn to say, and you have to understand that it's going to make you uncomfortable. And you have to learn that it's going to be at the sacrifice of you doing some things that you 
that you don't want to do. Like me, I don't, I like going to hockey games, but if they're not standing for what I believe in, then I'm not going to go spend my dollars and support them. That's just the way it is. You know, do, do my kids miss out because they're not going to experience it? They do. But there's also a lesson to be learned there that I can teach them that, you know, we don't spend our dollars and people don't support the value systems that we stand by, the character that we stand for, which is making sure that we support one another and those freedoms, both for and against our beliefs. Freedom is freedom. Freedom to choose. Make you vaccinated, you'll get vaccinated. I'm not going to make you do it. You don't want to get vaccinated? Cool. Don't get vaccinated. Just like we treat our employees. The government comes in and says, hey, you got to you guys have to vaccinate your first meeting we had. So guys, we're not going to do that to you. It's not our decision, period. That's it. Amen. Honestly, um, I have a good friend of mine. He owns a, uh, a company here in my city. And uh, he, he put a... He, he, he put like one of these like um, placards in his window and said, we do not discriminate. We don't discriminate based on uh, gender, sex, uh, or medical or vaccination status. And he then went on social media, and this took some balls, and he basically said that if you lost your job because of your vaccine status, private message me, I'm going to help you get another job. And I thought, wow, man, that took a lot of guts for him to say, because where he does business, most of the companies that he does business with have chosen to go along. You know what I mean? And he, he's yep. got to find a way to, you know, like you said, you you got to make a decision, right? As a capitalist, you can't just say, hey, I'm 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 gonna just stand up for my values if it's gonna destroy my business and and the jobs of the people that work for me. But I just thought that was fantastic on his part. I, I thought it was terrific. And uh, I really love hearing things like that. And I love, I love seeing you and Andy do what you do because you two men are, are capitalists who stand up for what you believe in. You know, there was a song by a, a country singer named Aaron Tippin called you've got to stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And uh, it's, right. it's a beautiful thing when you see people around you who are willing to stand up for freedom. So kudos, my man, from my point of view, it's an honor to get to have this conversation with you because it's given me more courage, you know, and it's something that I think is going to go to the people that follow me. And uh, I, I'm going to go and tell my kids one day, and they're both in the sports and they're both in all this, this stuff, which I want them to be in just like you're all about. And I'm going to tell them, listen, I got to have a conversation with Sal Frisella and Sal Frisella is a man who stands for freedom. I want you to listen to my interview with him. I want you to go listen to his podcast I want you to go find out about how this guy does what he does, because sometimes teenagers, because my boys are teenagers now, right? They don't want to listen to dad right now. You know what I mean? It's easier if they hear it from someone else. So listen, there you man, go, I got, my brother. I got, so we got about you know, a little over 300 people that work here. And, and a lot of them are young men. Um, and I, when they, you know, they move here, just like college, you know, their parents dropped them off, and, you know, everybody be crying type stuff. And, I'm used to it at this point, but I always, I always looked at dad and mom in the eye and I was like, no, like my job is return, return them better than I found them. And, you know, as an advisor and as a, uh, you know, hopefully a mentor in their life, um, you know, I have, you know, I, I think I, not only do I have an obligation, um, but 
you know, it's always nice to hear a different perspective than mom or dad. But I think, you know, going back to, again, the, the original side is, you know, the, the truth is the undefeated champion of the world. And, you know, I don't have an emotional stance and, and uh, young men or women that come through these doors, but I do have a great obligation to make sure that I do the best I can to tell them and learn to tell themselves the truth. And, you know, when you think about that factor, you know, I think that that's, you know, that's a, that's a key lesson that a lot of us could learn and do a better job on. It's really being honest with the person that looks back at us in the mirror. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a hard lesson to learn, but I, I understand in developing people of character and young people of character specifically is you got to start with the hard truth. You got to be consistent. You got to let them know where they stand. And, and, and if I do my job correctly, I return them to sender better than they left them. So. Amen, brother. Amen. So Send them out here. I'll take them. <laughs> I will. You know what? That's a great idea. It's a great idea. I think it'll be fun. Um, my youngest plays hockey. He's a goalie. My oldest plays uh, soccer and basketball. Where do you live? I live in Toronto, Canada, actually. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, they're both good boys, but right now, dad, dad is not their favorite person to get advice from. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Truth is not often uh, adopted well. You know? No, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not. Lesson over time. <laughs> oh, it's not. So, Sal, let's talk a little bit about uh, First Form and some of the some of the uh, products that you guys offer. I mean, I told you before we got started that I'm, I'm just recovering from COVID. So, you know, give me some advice. What should I be taking from your products here to help help me just overcome this BS more quickly? Well, I got to first lead into that. I'm not a medical professional, so I can't give you medical advice. But uh, what I can tell you, and I think what results in the studies have shown, is that you know healthy individuals, um, you know, have done better with battling COVID than non-healthy individuals. Because I mean, there's no argument that you know it when it attacks, it attacks hard, and it's a very oh yeah uh, from a cardiovascular standpoint, it's it's a it's a, it's a tough disease, or it's a tough virus, and it's and it's wrecked havoc on a lot of people. You know, so I, my natural goes in to say, hey, all right, well, how do you how do you live a healthier lifestyle? Because everybody always asks me what product to take. If I, it's not a product to take. It's a lifestyle to live. And, you know, we have an app and that would be probably the best start. Right. Most people, what I have learned, uh, don't understand nutrition at any level. They don't understand food. They don't understand uh, the difference between carbs, fats and proteins. They don't understand calories. They don't understand the differences in how things uh, operate inside the body. And so we developed an app and that app's not, uh, you know, it's not just an app. It's actually an interaction platform where you get a personal coach. We do live educational uh, seminars every day at nine o'clock. We talk to our customers. And the reason we feel that's important is because we want to educate, you know, the customer on how important it is to learn what it is that you're putting in your body to learn about, you know, being a, being an advocate for yourself, for your health, uh, to make sure that, you know, you can attack, you know, life head on and, and uh, you know, health is the one thing that we can all control for the most part, um, but we choose not to. And, you know, I think it's a choice and that's what the last two years, if we're going to find a positive has, has, has brought us is, Hey, let's focus on the things we can do and we can get our health under control. And this is a small education, you know, and simply teaching people you know, to, to, to eat healthy by tracking their food. And I often use the food measurement uh, scale very much to wealth success. You know, you have to, if you're ever going to be 
uh, wealthy or you're ever going to be rich or have a lot of money in your bank account, you better learn how to track your money. And I've learned through a lot of young people, you know, they always go live paycheck to paycheck and it's because they don't ever track their funds. Uh, much like overweight people, they don't track their food. And so there's never any accountability to, to, the, to, the, to the number. And so what we do is we try to create a, a, a system that's accountability uh, to yourself by learning how to eat food, by tracking your food. And so we, we use macro tracking, uh, but you get a personal coach, you know, to help you through the journey. We go live every day to talk about topics that maybe you don't understand to create a community that people can, can get involved on, uh, involved in. And we run eight week challenges so that people can, you know, start any, you know, a few different times throughout the year, you know, and keep and learn health and wellness. And so it's not a product, it's a decision to make uh, your health a priority. And I think when you look at, you know, starting with the basics, tracking your food, get moving, drinking some water, you know, doing some cardio, uh, we can create a healthy environment for you to thrive. And whether that's gain weight, lose weight, or just overall be more healthy, uh, our goal is to help people progress physically and mentally and spiritually through life. So um, that's the first format. Uh, and you can find it in the App Store. You can find it, you know, Google or Apple Play uh, and, you know, firstform.com. So, yeah, that's my that's my plug. I'm, I wasn't here to plug anything, but if you know, it's a good it's a it's a good one. I, I I did 75 hard earlier this year, man. And it was, uh, it was tough. It was good. I'm, I, I got through the whole thing. Um, and two days after I finished it, Dal, I wrecked my back. <laughs> Just two days oh, really? after I finished it. Yeah, it was, I was so pissed. I'm on day 52 today. So. Oh man. God bless your heart. So anyways, I was planning on starting again in January and I just got to get my energy back up. You know, I, I'm, I, I've been working out seven days a week until two weeks ago when I got this damn thing. I, I don't remember the last day I didn't do a workout. I, I track my food pretty well. Um, but uh, I'll tell you, this thing knocked me on my keister, man. It was rough. It was rough. And yeah, it, got, it just got my mom pretty good too. And, and I, you know, I mean, there's no denying, right? There's no denying it's a real disease. I mean, I think that's where yeah. some of the, the, the far right people make, you know, the centralists look crazy. It's like nobody, you know, I don't think anybody's denying it. I think it's, you know, we don't all have to attack it the exact same way. And I think that's where the freedoms come back into play. Yeah. Um, you know, having a big workforce, I think the the best thing, Nikki, when you look at, you know, getting up and just trying to get active, you don't have to go out and crush it, but I think moving, you know, creating, you know, allowing your cardiovascular system to get back in check and, and get moving. It seems um, that those people are, you know, even my mom, I told my mom, mom, get up and get moving. Just get up and get moving. And, you know, versus laying around to get, you know, get her lungs, her lung function back in check and keep moving. Seems, seems that it has done a good job. Listen, I'm still, I'm not a medical professional, so I can't, you know, give you that advice. But from my anecdotal <laughs> observation, you know, it seems that, you know, people who move more frequently are doing better in recovery. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving just a little bit each day. I'm adding five minutes to my move to my workout every day, just five minutes. And uh, yeah, so hopefully by Monday, I'll be back on track and be able to do a proper workout. So brother, listen, um, we like to wrap up every single one of these episodes by asking you as our guest expert, what are your top three expert action steps, your, your best pieces of advice for people to take on their life, their health to the next level? What do you say? Oh, so I think, 
you know, all too often, you know, we, we start, we focus too much on the macro. I talked about this a little bit today and not enough on the micro. And, you know, we worry about all the variables outside of our control. And I think the one thing that I've learned and, and, and seeing most successful people is they get really focused on controlling the things that they can control. And they don't get, they don't get distracted or, you know, uh, derailed by things that are out of their control. And in fact, during those times when every when chaos ensues, they get extremely focused on the things they can't control, and they create you know small positive movements when everybody else is either standing still or regressing. And I think when you learn to when you start to focus on those things, um, you know life becomes insurmountably easier because you're dealing with less variables. And I you know when you think about focusing on things you can control, um, you, you can progress. You know always you can always progress and keep a positive mindset. And, and unfortunately, it's it's hard. It's a very daunting task to, to stay extremely disciplined and focused to, um, you know, what you can do, not what you can't do. Um, two, you know, I deal, I deal a lot in sales. I do a lot of, you know, sales consulting and sales things. And I, I, this is like the number one rule for me is, you know, people buy from people they like, and, you know, people support people they like, and people believe people they like, people follow people they like. And, you know, when it comes to being a likable person, you know, I, I learn to add value, learn to be, learn to be somebody who puts deposits into somebody else's life by, by lending a hand, by, you know, lending an ear or a shoulder. And, you know, there's never a wrong time to do the right thing and adding value to a situation. And, you know, I think, you know, there's, there's too many withdrawal uh, type people in, in the life. And so if you want to create a life of freedom, you have to be somebody that people are willing to support. And so you do that by giving first, you know, and, and when you learn to give, you ultimately will receive, but you have to be a giver and you have to be a friend and you have to be likable. And, and I think, you know, when you realize that concept that we're all salespeople, whether you want to be or not, um, and the, the top salesperson is not the biggest snake or the biggest snake oil. The top salesperson is the person that people usually like and support the most. And we can all use that in some way, shape or form in our, in our own lives in helping progress them forward. And so I, I always tell people in the sales world, you know, remember people buy from people they like, uh, not people trying to take an angle. Uh, and I, I would say the third thing, and again, these are three things that just kind of popped into my brain. I, I don't know if, if I was writing a book, I don't think maybe the, all the three things, but three pretty close, you know, learn to think and learn to think for yourself. And I think society right now has trained people to respond, not to think. And I think if you were to look at the COVID-19, um, you know, situation over the last, you know, 20 months, I think it's a very good telltale that there are a few people that think uh, and a lot of people that simply just respond. And I think when you look at, you know, when I talk about think, I'm, I'm talking about problem solve. I'm talking about problem solution. I'm talking about thinking through the variables and the different outcomes and the different situations, not just doing what you're told to do. And if you look back at society, uh, no society who did exactly what they were told to do was the thriving society. You know, was, America was built on, uh, and, and freedom was built on savages, right? Going out and chasing their dreams and, and, you know, learning to think is probably the dangerous weapon that you can have for yourself because it allows you different opportunities uh, than your neighbor. An outcast vibe. 
However, for me personally, uh, it's allowed me to create the life of my dreams. You know, it's allowed me to create an environment for my friends and family uh, that I never thought imaginable. It's, and it's because I, I thought that there was a possibility that, you know, we could be successful if we went about it the right, uh, a different way. Tying in value number two, you know, trying to be a person of character that was likable, that people would buy from. And, you know, you know thinking through that compounding situation, adding value to other people's lives and, and hoping that they would support us. And I think, you know, when you look at those three, those three values, um, they certainly aren't going to take away from your life. And, and hopefully that you know, your listener and your audience, you know, they find a great deal of value in those three things. I really like all three of them. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, learning to think hit me uh, the strongest because I think you got to think for yourself. You, you know, I got a, I got a men's organization I run. I'll just show you the called Sovereign Man Movement. And we, one of the things we say is to be sovereign, the first thing you got to do is think for yourself. You can't outsource your thinking to the government. You can't outsource your thinking to other people. You got to think for yourself. So I, I really, really appreciate you saying that because I think it's very true. Everybody listening to this ought to work on becoming better at thinking for themselves and not allowing other people to push their views on them. And if in your heart, you know, someone's telling you a load of bullshit, then stand up for yourself and just say no. I, I really like that you said that throughout the, uh, the conversation that we had together today, my brother. Thank you so much. God bless you, man. Thank you for joining us today. It's really, really an honor to have you join us here today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you bet. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Sal Fasella and his amazing company, First Form, go to firstform.com. Check out the app that he talked about. I think it's fantastic. Make sure that you take on taking your health and fitness to a whole new level. And you can also find out more about Sal and uh, all the show notes that we have either on our website for the thought leader revolution.com or on itunes stitcher spotify audible etc etc until next time goodbye this episode has been brought to you by eastcircleacademy.com the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice 